This is On A Roll, a podcast from Worthen Industries. Worthen is your trusted supply partner in the world of adhesives. Join us as we share the thought leadership and expertise that has garnered us proven results and satisfied customers. Welcome to episode number two of On a Roll, a podcast from Worthen Industries. I'm Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the podcast. Now, this episode is focusing on something that the end user may never even know is there, but its function is incredibly important. So today, we're pulling back the curtain on the research and development department for the foam fabricating division at Worthen Industries and talking to one of their experts about the R&D process. But before we introduce him and get his insights, first, I want to introduce Steve Adams. He works for Upeco Adhesives Division of Worthen Industries, and he's the business manager for what they call the Foam Fabricating Adhesives Group. Steve, it's great to talk to you today. How are you doing? Thank you, Tyler. I'm doing very well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Steve, before we go too deep into the podcast or introduce our expert today, I want to get uh, just give you a moment to, to speak on what you do at the Foam Fabricating Division and uh, talk a little bit more about the markets that you serve. Tyler, thank you for this moment to explain the essence of who we are as a foam fabricating adhesives group within Worthen Industries. Our business unit, again, the foam fabricating adhesives group at Worthen Industries, designs, manufactures, and provides adhesive solutions for foam fabricating applications. These applications are the bonding of cushioning materials that are found in mattress and furniture manufacturing operations. We specialize in sustainable innovation by applying technology and a customer first approach to every challenge. The result is a solution that ensures our customers' processes, product quality, efficiency, and environmental practices are optimized. Well, thanks for sharing that, Steve. I think that's a really good uh, place to start. Just understanding and having a good understanding of what the foam fabricating division at Worthen Industries does, who you're serving, and how you're operating. And so let's introduce our subject matter expert today. His name is Ian Churcher. He's the R&D laboratory manager for the foam fabricating division of Worthen Industries. Ian, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Tyler. Good to speak with you. It's wonderful to speak with you as well, Ian, and I'm excited about this conversation and to learn a little bit more about what you do. So let's start off there, Ian. As the R&D lab manager, what does your role look like on a day-to-day basis? What sorts of things are you doing? Well, Worthen Industry is, is a very much a research-orientated company, and we focus on what the customer needs. So we're researching on what you developments there are in the mattress market. And specifically, we look at what we can do to develop adhesives to meet our customers' needs. We put a lot of focus into the water-based roll coat adhesives over the last few years, specifically. Although we actually developed a roll coat adhesive many years ago, but we're always learning. And that's what I would say when we come come in in the morning is um, what can we do today? What can we do to that's new, innovative, and how it would address our customers' needs? Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned something that I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in our conversation to a question I was planning on asking later, but I think it's really pertinent to, to what you just said. And, and the question is, is a chemist's work in R&D ever complete or are you always tinkering, always looking for how can we improve things and moving forward? Is it more, is it more the latter? It, it, we're, we're always, it's never complete. I guess you might 
think, oh, well, we're, we're hit on the perfect formula and we can all you know, retire. But uh, that's never, <laughs> that's never going to happen. I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. There's always, there's always something that you can improve upon. And then there's also things that you don't count upon. It could be a, something, but there's a change to a raw material. A new raw material comes along that you need to evaluate. And you don't know if that's going to be an improvement until you try it. And I, I'd say that's, that's the essence of our R&D is that we never want to think that we know it all. Um, we're always striving to say, well, what, what else can we do that's different, make things better? And yes, uh, it, it, sometimes it's tinkering and sometimes it's a matter of, uh, of making some completely going back and, and, and taking a fresh look at something. Would this work? Would that work? Um, mm -hmm. And then we, we try it. So Ian, are, have there been any trends or any new developments in the mattress industry over the last several years that have you know caused you to go back and, and start tinkering with some things or or something along those lines? Uh, are there any trends that have that have emerged maybe that, that have presented new challenges and new opportunities? Yes, there have. The mattresses are. I, I think the the, the consumer. Uh, used to go into a mattress store and choose a mattress, and uh, that still happens. But more and more, the consumer can purchase mattresses online. There are companies that are specifically do that, but even some of the traditional companies that produce mattresses do that as well. And what that means is that the mattress is made, it's laminated, the pieces of foam are laminated with our adhesive or with an adhesive and then packaged immediately and put in a box, folded up, put in a box and can be shipped out the same day to the, to the consumer, the end user, that is the, the, you know, the customer, the person who has actually bought the mattress. So that creates some challenges that it, the, the adhesive has to perform faster. We cannot have residual it has to dry faster and that means putting less adhesive on i think the adhesive is something that perhaps people don't think about when they uh, and i believe that that's a good thing because if they're thinking about it it means that they they see it and it's performing uh sort of under without people seeing what it's doing, it's holding it together. If when it fails, that's when people know it's there. When it's there, it, it's and, and working, that's, it's doing its job. People aren't buying our adhesive, they're buying the mattress and it's the mattress that we are holding together, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the way you put that. You know that, um, that that you don't want people having to think about it because that means that that something has gone gone wrong at that point, right? I tend to to lean on sports examples, maybe, and, and maybe soccer is a good example, right? Uh, you don't want people to notice uh, a center a center half, perhaps, or a center back, because that means that maybe they've done something wrong. But the best in the world, you don't have to see them do all these brilliant things because they are always good and it's always there and it's always working. And uh, in in the same way, that's kind of how you want your adhesives to work, right? Yes. Is that uh, that they work, and you don't want people to have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our customers. They are very concerned about how the ad adhesive pre performs, but the end user 
probably does not even think about it. And I'm, I, I say that's pretty much most consumers do not think about that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very important part of the process in, in making a mattress. Let's say it holds it all together. So. <laughs> Certainly, certainly. So as you're tackling some of these challenges and some of these, these new trends that, that come your way, uh, Worthen employs a, a number of chemists, including yourself, right? So uh, do, you, uh, do you lean on or, or learn from any of the, uh, the knowledge and the, uh, the experience and the expertise of other chemists that work at Worthen? Uh, kind of just talk to me about how you gather information and gather knowledge and then apply it in an R&D uh, type setting. Yes, very much so. The culture of Worthen Industries encourages such interactions between the chemists. We have chemists who support a number of different business units, and uh, we each chemist wants to be the best in their industry, supporting their industry. But our chemists have different backgrounds. For instance, we have some chemists have an analytical chemistry background, and that's a very valuable resource. So, um, we have laboratory, uh, analytical laboratory that can support a lot of the work that we do, and we get help from analytical chemists to assist us in that. We have chemists who maybe in a particular, ha- has an expertise in a particular, with a particular polymer system, and we can draw on those resources, at least get some starting points. There's some uh, areas that I'm looking at right now that uh, is a different chemistry for me that I'm not so familiar with. So I've used the resources of a, of a colleague in another group, though he has the expertise on the particular type of chemistry, but not in the applications that we need. So with that, it gives us a a starting point. We don't have to go, say, to square one. We we, we at least get a a point where we can start and and start a network with vendors, manufacturers, and which is also very important as well, knowing who to talk to in the supply chain. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I'm sure that there are reading materials and and research you can do on different chemicals and different um, different products and different the the way that you expect certain things to to operate. But have you ever found that because you're working in an area with with different materials, right, that that maybe things that work for you kind of go against conventional knowledge and go against conventional wisdom, and it's all just down to you trying things and you taking the knowledge as a starting point, but then building on that and, and uh, tinkering and working with those materials. Oh, yes, that's very much the case. It, it is always useful to read up on what people have done in the past, but you have to take that and put it in context to what they were trying to achieve. And there's literature that goes back literally tens, probably hundred years in, in, some, in some applications, in some chemistry. Mm-hmm. And we have tried some things that say, well, according to the book, that's not the way to go, but we're sort of going, heading in that a direction that maybe this is where we want to go. We don't want to, we don't, we're not doing exactly what, what this literature has, is talking about. So let's give it a, a try. And we've had some success in, we have commercial products that as a result 
of, of, of taking that, that approach. Often it doesn't work. You know, sometimes you end up with a, uh, a mess, but, but sometimes, so, but if, if on one occasion that can lead to a, a significant technical breakthrough that we find can give us a, an edge with our competition. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know one of the things that that uh, I wonder is that you know uh, in an R and D facility, is it helpful to to you know build samples and, and to kind of utilize samples to see what works and what doesn't, and to just kind of do trial and error sometime? Is there anything better than just being able to produce a sample and and see what happens and see what it does? In my opinion, there's nothing better than that. Really, I think that is the what we have we do we make uh, it's a case of making samples and doing the doing evaluations we have a a, a a well a lab that can reproduce a lot of what goes on in in the uh, field like what our direct customers are are using are doing but uh, we 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 make a lot of samples and we see is, is this compatible? Is this likely to work? And then it's a case of um, having some patience at times as well, because you have to, yes, it may look good now, but what does it look like in two months, three months, a year? Um, do we have uh, shelf life? Um, does the performance change? And, and there's, there's no there's no computer program that's going to tell you that. Or confront, it might give you indications uh, of that, but um, there's no substitute for actually making the samples in the first place and 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 evaluate them, evaluating them properly as well. And I'm guessing at, at that point, then it's also important to you know to converse with your customers, right, and, and to uh, hone in on what their needs are and what they're looking for specifically. How, how valuable are those conversations with your customers? Conversations and and direct visits. The conversations mm. are are useful, but actual observing what is going on is even more important, in my view. And I think in the I think that's probably same for for pretty much everybody who works with our company i've spent a long almost like a full day just observing what is going on at a customer so it could get a full feel for how they were assembling and what they were doing downstream and that is is that can save you so much time when you actually see it for yourself we have good technical representation, technical sales in the field as well, but going in and, and seeing it because we're chemists are familiar with the chemistry and, and seeing how that fits in with, the, with that operation, I think is vital for developing new products. Hmm. So Ian, you've, you've been at Worthen Industries for, for 27 years working uh, with the foam fabricating division. So how have you seen things change and evolve during your time there? What have been some of the, some of the notable evolutions and, and changes throughout your time? There are regulatory changes that can be enforced by, well, with gov- government legislation, which has um, meant that we've had the, there's certain chemicals that we cannot use anymore. 
that's particularly in solvent-borne adhesives. There are more regulatory, or, and some of it's, uh, well, regulatory requirements and some more voluntary requirements to address consumer concerns. We have certified our products, our waterborne products, for GreenGuard Gold certification. And that shows that there are no volatile organic compounds that the customer, the person buying the mattress, say, is going to uh, be exposed to. And, th- and that's very important. I mean, when you think that you may spend up to a, uh, a third of your life on, uh, uh, on a mattress, that's a significant amount of time, and you're right on top of it. Um, so you're, you're concerned about what chemicals you could be breathing in or, or exposed to. So Ian, is there anything that you think people might be surprised to learn about the industry that you work in? Anything that, that uh, people might not expect or that might, uh, yeah, might surprise them to, to learn about? Well, something that surprises me still is how many mattresses are produced in one plant. And when you think about that, you know, thousands of mattresses can be produced in several days at one plant how many there are produced all over the world. And I'm glad Worthen is to be involved in uh, how we can address some recycling issues. At the moment, mattresses will end up in a landfill. And that's uh, obviously going to be taking a lot of space in in landfill. And, And it's, of course, wasteful. It's not really something that uh, mattresses can't really be reused. So there are some recycling initiatives. One of the challenges that the recycling initiatives will face is separating the different parts of a mattress. Mattresses can be used foam, uh, polyurethane foam. They can also use uh, natural latex foam, uh, as well as uh, pocketed coils. That's a fabric that encloses springs. Some mattresses are all foam, some still use inner spring, and some are a combination of, of, of both. So when it get will get to a recycler, it has to be separated. So we are working on adhesives that can address that, that issue of, of separating so that the polyurethane foam can be in one stream that can be uh, recycled into something else. We're in the very much in the early stages of that, and we are working on some new ideas that can can help this initiative. It's an initiative that's really has started in Europe, but we know that it's it's something that will need to come to the United States as well. And we want we're glad that we can be involved in the early stages of this. So that's both innovation as far as technology but also um, doing something that is, uh, that is good for the environment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and you could tell just from the way you're talking about it, just that, that that's a particularly rewarding thing for you to be a part of, just to, to benefit uh, not just uh, customers and not just um, you know, the end users, but also just to benefit the, you know, the worldwide community to make sure that, uh, that what you're doing is more sustainable and able to be recycled. I think that there's uh, certainly some pride to be taken in that. And uh, you can hear that just in the way that you're, 
um, you're discussing these things. And so I, I think that that's, that's an important thing to mention. Um, so Ian, as we, as we begin to wrap up our conversation today, uh, do you have any final thoughts or any final things that you want to share just about what you do when it comes to R and D and, um, and the industries that you serve? Yeah, thank you, Tyler. I'm pleased to work for a company that in uh, whose focus is very much on the customer and, and therefore and how the R and D um, can support new business. And we have a laboratory for foam fabricating applications where we are able to take samples from a customer, for instance, and we can run it on our equipment for instance we have we, we're specifically talking a lot about the roll coding application for for mattress assembly we have a roll coder that can apply one of our adhesives in the laboratory and we can make a mattress basically and we can t- recommend to our customer the adhesive the application amount how long it would be before they can package an assembled mattress so that gives us first of all it gives us a great starting point when we run a trial at their plant but i think it gives uh, our customers some security in knowing that that we show that we know what we are doing that we're not just going in and and uh and trying things we we can support our business unit with data and make sensible recommendations about how they can use our adhesive. I think the other thing we talk about is in the R&D, we talked about it a little earlier about in the product development stage. Um, it's key to be observant and you making a sample may, you think, well, I didn't really expect that to happen and leave it rather than just leave it at that pursue it to to it hopefully a conclusion that you may have made a technological breakthrough right there and sometimes it means you've got to know that that was significant not just brush it aside and go on and, and do something else it's uh <laughs> you know, chase, chasing it to its its conclusion Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure getting a chance to talk to you today and having you pull back the curtain a bit on uh, the research and development department for the foam fabricating division at Worthen Industries. This was uh, an absolute pleasure and I've loved getting to learn a little bit more about what you do and the processes you take to find new solutions. And so Ian Churcher, R&D Laboratory Manager for the foam fabricating division of Worthen Industries. Thanks so much for joining us here on the second episode of On a Roll. Thank you, Tyler. Absolutely. And should not forget Steve Adams, who joined us for this episode as well. Steve, thank you again for uh, for joining us on this episode and uh, telling us a little bit more about uh, the foam fabricating division and uh, and giving us a little bit more of the heart behind what you do. Thank you, Tyler. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode of the show. We appreciate you listening along with us very much today. Of course, this was the second episode. So if you haven't already gone and subscribed to On A Roll, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you go subscribe to stay up to date with the latest from More Than Industries. And of course, we're going to be back with many more episodes and a lot more thought leadership from the people at Worthen. Uh, there's so much uh, knowledge there, so much expertise, and so we're going to get it all out on this podcast. So make sure you're subscribed to stay up to date with the latest. And of course, we'll be back soon with those episodes. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for listening.